It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Hello to everybody in the audience. Thank you for being here with me. In this episode of the program, I want to say a few more words about Revelation and the biblical worldview. In the last episode, I said, there is, at bottom, only two worldviews, the biblical worldview and the non-biblical worldview. A definition of a worldview is in order. A worldview refers to a comprehensive conception of the world from a specific standpoint. An individual's worldview is a lens through which he views the world, a big picture that gives harmony of all his beliefs about the world. It is the way of understanding reality. A biblical worldview, then, is a comprehensive conception of the world from a biblical standpoint. The biblical worldview is based on two foundational principles. First, God exists. And second, God has revealed himself to us in the Bible. If these two presuppositions are not the starting point in our worldview, then we are just like everyone else, trying to find objectivity in a sea of subjectivity. A Christian worldview is a comprehensive worldview from a Christian standpoint. The Christian worldview is, of course, a biblical worldview because we believe God exists and is the creator of the universe and we hold that the Bible is entirely true. The Bible is identified as the Word of God and thus is the foundation of everything the believer says and does. Thus, to get an idea of what is the biblical worldview, we must first know what the Bible is. The word Bible comes from the Greek word for book. The Holy Bible means just the Holy Book. Bible is not, however, a biblical word. The New Testament, in referencing the Old Testament, speaks instead of, quotes, the scriptures, or the scripture. The Greek word for scripture is graphe, which means writing. But what kind of book is the Bible? Certainly it has been the bestseller of all history and translated into more languages than any other book. Many have said it is the most remarkable book in all the world. The Bible uses other terms to identify itself, including the Word of God, the living oracles, or oracles of God, and the Holy Scriptures. When we open the Bible, you find that it is really an omnibus volume. 
It contains 66 separate books written by approximately 40 men of diverse backgrounds who wrote in three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and a few bits in Aramaic, over a period of about 1,500 years. Ezra was a priest. Matthew was a tax collector. John was a fisherman. Moses was a shepherd. Paul was a tent maker. And Luke was a physician. The authors came from different perspectives, but they all proclaimed the same one true God and the same one way to salvation through Jesus Christ. This can be substantiated by chapter 14, verse 6 of John, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, and 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 7. Some have suggested the Bible is merely a human book, but the historic Christian church has seen the Bible as much more than that, Namely, it is taken as the written word of God speaking directly to believers. If it is merely a human book, is its authority therefore just a species of human authority? But if the Bible has a divine origin, then it has the greatest possible authority. So, is it human or is it divine? I shall seek answers to these questions first from the Bible itself to forestall an obvious objection that I would be reasoning in a circle. Let me say that I am not assuming the truth and authority of the Bible in order to prove the truth and authority of the Bible. I am simply going to the Bible for information. The Bible gives the views of numerous people about the subject of the origin of the Scriptures. Let us examine what the Bible says as to its author. First, the very first words of the book show that God is the leading character of this divine autobiography. In the beginning, God. Its pages show us God taking the initiative giving us information about himself and showing his purposes for us. Several hundred times in the Old Testament, the writers use the expression, thus says the Lord, or the Lord said. That can be found in multiple places. Several individuals attest that God is the author of their words. I mention only Job, King David, and Jeremiah. Job said, I have treasured the words of his mouth more than by necessary food. That can be found in Job 23, verse 12. In 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 2, David speaks. He says, The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my lips. Jeremiah describes his call to prophesy, saying, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. That can be found in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9. Second, not only did the Old Testament writers declare that their message came from God, 
But the New Testament authors also claim that their message was from God. In Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, that the gospel which I preached is not according to man, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. Paul also commended the brothers in Thessalonica because they had received his message, quote, not as the word of men, but as it actually is, the word of God, end quotes. That can be found in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16, Peter speaks of Paul's writings as Scripture and thus places his writings on a par with the Old Testament. The unanimous testimony of the Bible is that its author is God. It was written down by men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit. But the foremost witness is Jesus Christ, whose life is recorded in four eyewitness accounts in the Gospels. Because Jesus' resurrection proves his claim to be God in human flesh, it follows that everything Jesus affirms is true is, in fact, true. He declares, your word is truth. That's found in John 17, verse 17. He said also, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That can be found in Matthew 4, verses 4, 7, and 10. Jesus also said, quote, For truly I say unto you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. That can be found in Matthew 5, verse 18. Jesus' attestation to the divine nature of the Bible is enough for me. It may not be for a skeptic. If you want more information, call for it, and I will oblige. How we view the Bible is crucial because it holds the key to our understanding that God exists and what he wants from us as his creation. The Bible informs us of four great themes we all need to understand. Creation, fall, redemption, and consummation. Other themes are God and godliness. I have said that Christianity is a religion that is based on revelation. Nobody would know the truth about God or be able to relate to him in a personal way were it not that God first had taken the initiative to make himself known in the Bible. Neither would those in the Christian church know what God prohibits had not God revealed the basis for morality in his character. How do I know that Jesus died for my sins? paid the penalty that I deserve to pay, took my place so that I could be liberated, I only know it from Scripture. The Bible is necessary for knowledge of the gospel. 
for maintaining spiritual life and maturing in the things of God. That can be found in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through chapter 6, verse 1. The Bible is necessary for knowledge of God's will. But it is not necessary for knowing that God exists or knowing something about God's character and moral laws. The fact that the knowledge of God's existence, character, and moral laws comes through creation to all humanity is often called general revelation because it comes to all people generally. People can obtain this knowledge from observation of themselves and the world around them. The psalmist says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. That's in Psalms 19, verse 1. To look at the sky is to see evidence of the infinite power, wisdom, and even beauty of God. It is to observe a marvelous witness to the glory of God. General revelation is distinct from special revelation, which refers to God's words addressed to specific people, such as the words of the Bible, the words of the Old Testament prophets and New Testament apostles, and the words of God spoken in personal address, such as at Mount Sinai or at Jesus' baptism. In his book, Bible Doctrine, Wayne Grudem has much to say about general and special revelation. Grudem writes, quotes, However, it must be emphasized that Scripture nowhere indicates that people can know the gospel or the way of salvation through general revelation. They may know that God exists, that he is their creator, that they owe him obedience, and that they have sinned against him. But how the holiness and justice of God can ever be reconciled with his willingness to forgive sins is a mystery that has never been solved by any religion apart from the Bible. Nor does the Bible give us any hope that it ever can be discovered apart from the special revelation from God. It is the great wonder of our redemption that God himself has provided the way of salvation by sending his own Son, who is both God and man, to be our representative and bear the penalty for our sins, thus combining the justice and love of God in one infinitely wise and amazing, gracious act. This fact, which seems so commonplace, should not lose its wonder for us. It never could have been conceived by man alone apart from God's special verbal revelation. I close this episode by reminding you to exercise daily. Walk with God. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, 
Doug Apple at Wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.